Chapter Three of Peggy Raymond's School Days or Old Girls and New by Harriet Lummis Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three Blue Monday. History came at nine o'clock three mornings in the week, and as Peggy entered the classroom one sunshiny Monday, she felt unusually complacent. History had never been a favorite study with Peggy. It was always hard for her to realize that the actors in these great world dramas were flesh and blood, and though her tender heart was so easily stirred to pity, the carnage of the great battles of which she studied moved her less than the mew of a frightened kitten. But this year Peggy realized a change in her attitude. It was, she supposed, due to the fact that she was a senior, and beginning to take a really grown-up view. For the first time since she had begun the study of history, she was realizing the possible fascination of this branch of knowledge. Indeed, all her studies were proving interesting, and she had a sense of satisfaction in her progress new to her. Although she had always been a conscientious student, and generally an enthusiastic one. At the door of the classroom Peggy halted the girl ahead of her, and handed over a thick notebook. "'I'm awfully obliged for those outlines, Mary. They're the greatest help in getting things straightened out.' "'You can have them any time,' said the other, with a cordiality evidently not perfunctory. "'You're perfectly welcome.' And as Peggy went to her seat, it occurred to her that she must not take all the credit for her unwanted progress. There seemed a singular unanimity among her classmates in the matter of helping her out. She studied her Latin daily with Priscilla, and Priscilla was really very strict with her, and scolded if Peggy showed any disposition to slip lightly over something perplexing in the construction. Amy Dubois whose father had been born just outside Paris, was wrestling with Peggy's French accent and was accomplishing wonders. In the history class, outlines and tables and other labor-saving devices had been thrust upon her, without any suggestion on her part. And even in the English class, where Peggy stood second to none, various little helpful suggestions had come from one girl and another. Peggy's heart warmed over the realization of the kindness there is in the world. Victoria Wells came in the classroom immediately after Peggy, and took one of the front seats, bending her long neck ungracefully, as if humbly desirous of getting out of everybody's way. It struck Peggy that Victoria was looking thin and worried, and she did not wonder. It must be an awful strain on anybody making up a year of high school work that way. Victoria looks nearly worn out. The recitation progressed without any unusual incident for twenty minutes or so. Peggy was called on, and acquitted herself in a most creditable fashion. Others did about as well, and others still faltered and floundered, and took their seats looking dejected or indifferent, according to their dispositions. And then Miss Layton called on Victoria Wells. Peggy noticed with surprise her classmates start when her name was spoken, as if the last thing she had expected was to be asked to recite. It confirmed her in the opinion that Victoria's nerves were in a bad way and that she had made a mistake in crowding an extra year of work into the necessarily heavy schedule of a high school student. Victoria rose hesitatingly, her sallow face suffused with momentary color, and, at the moment, Peggy was conscious of a stir that was like the ghost of a titter, something so vague that the most rigid disciplinarian could hardly call the offender to account, and yet unmistakable. Instinctively Peggy turned her head in search of the explanation of this subdued merriment, but though her sense of humor was at least as keen as that of the average girl, she was unable to discover anything amusing. But several of the girls, Blanche Estabrook among them, were looking hard at Victoria, 
and seemingly having a struggle to keep their risibilities within bounds peggy's sense of uneasiness was increased when she glanced again at victoria apparently the most recent addition to the ranks of the senior class had lost some of the assurance that generally characterized her as she began to recite it was evident that she had not fully understood the question and miss leeton was obliged to check her voluble utterances and explain again what was wanted victoria starting out for the second time evidently confused by her previous misunderstanding came to a complete halt before she had spoken a half dozen words something apparently a marble had dropped from one of the back seats it rolled along the smooth floor from one corner of the room to the other and then as if it had solved the secret of perpetual motion started on a return trip of course the class exploded in laughter after the time-honored custom which puts all students under the necessity of laughing at whatever is unusual miss leeton rapped sharply on her desk she was a pretty little woman an enthusiast in her department anything in the line of disorder was a sore trial to her temper the class sobered when her black eyes flashed sparks and then again gave way to hysterical merriment as the gyrations of the irrepressible marble became distinctly audible will someone kindly capture the occasion of this disturbance and let me congratulate the members of the class upon their sense of humour if you were as quick to see the point in your lessons as you are to recognize the humorous the standings of some of you would be vastly improved the laughter died down into stifled giggles a girl from the back seat rescued the marble after a chase that came near bringing about another outburst and order was restored now victoria you may recite said miss leeton the sharpness in her tone implying that quite enough time had been wasted peggy was far from being prepared for what happened next victoria stared at her teacher vacantly for a moment then shook her head and dropped into her seat and it was blanche estabrook who gave the desired information with a glibness which must have added to victoria's humiliation for blanche though the class president and an extremely popular girl had never been regarded as a shining light in the classroom peggy did not know why this little episode left her uncomfortable it was nothing unusual for a girl to fail in her recitation and peggy could see no especial ground for taking victoria's failure to heart yet the fact remained that she felt unreasonably sorry for the girl and at the noon recess she found a chance to express her good will by saying kindly you're coming to the senior meeting after school aren't you victoria regarded her with lack-lustre eyes what senior meeting and then before peggy could reply she added indifferently no what should i come for why it's very important you know we're going to give she stoops to conquer in december and this afternoon the class is to choose the actors for the different parts you know how they do it victoria shook her head peggy found herself irritated not because of victoria's ignorance of one of the established customs of the school surprising as that seemed but because of her equally surprising indifference it's lots of fun different girls volunteer for certain parts for instance i'd like to act mrs hardcastle and so i'll read her lines in some scene the class committee picks out and all the other girls who want to be mrs hardcastle will read the same and then the committee will decide who's the best of us they do the same with every part and sometimes it takes a good many readings to get the cast selected it isn't likely i'll be picked out said victoria there's no use of my going why yes there is only a few girls out of the class will be chosen but everybody's interested you're a senior now and everything that concerns the class concerns you you'd better come you'll enjoy it 
i need time for my lessons victoria exclaimed peggy looking hard at her classmate i believe the trouble with you is that you're studying too hard if you hadn't been nervous this morning she was astonished by the vivid color that leaped into victoria's cheeks instantly her air of apathy had disappeared of course i'm nervous she cried anybody would be as soon as i get up to recite something happens you mean that marble i suppose but you wouldn't have minded a little thing like that if you hadn't been if it isn't one thing it's another victoria interrupted it's always something when i'm reciting the girls look at me when you're reciting why of course what else would you expect not the way you mean victoria seemed to be swallowing springing tears as if as if i were an animal escaped from a menagerie why victoria wells peggy did not know whether to be more sorry or disgusted though her natural tolerance inclined her toward the former attitude poor thing such wild talk only showed how seriously victoria's nerves had suffered and then peggy remembered uneasily the smiling glances she had seen leveled in victoria's direction and she resolved to drop a hint to the girls that they needed to be more careful of course they had no idea of victoria's supersensitiveness but since she was in this morbid and unnatural mood it was necessary for them all to be on their guard victoria's next observation confirmed peggy's opinion they didn't want me and they think they can scare me into dropping back into the junior class but i won't do it peggy burst into a reluctant laugh wrung from her by the absurdity of victoria's remark and victoria looked slightly taken aback that spontaneous laughter was indeed more convincing than any amount of formal argument i hate to laugh at you victoria but i can't help it if you're such a goose come along to the class meeting and don't think any more such ridiculous things it spoke well for peggy's powers of persuasion that at the close of school victoria made her appearance in the assembly room peggy noticed with a little impatient sigh that instead of joining the throng of girls excitedly discussing the possibilities of the comedy selected for the class play victoria took her place in the vacant section of seats to the right remote from everybody after that momentary regret peggy of necessity forgot victoria and gave her entire thought to making a good impression as mrs hardcastle had peggy known it she might have spared her pains for blanche who by virtue of her office was one of the committee to select the cast had laid down the law with her customary decision whoever we choose we mustn't have peggy raymond why i think she's one of the best we've got remonstrated one of the girls i'll never forget how funny she was in that old woman's part last spring of course she's good but we can't afford to choose her blanche insisted she's got the best chance of anybody to get the valedictoria away from that wells girl and we simply mustn't distract her from her studies i don't know as that wells girl impresses me as so wonderfully smart declared peggy's defender i've always heard that she was a perfect whiz but she's got badly mixed on her latin several times the last week or two i guess she'll find it a different matter to keep up a reputation in this class she added triumphantly blanche suppressed a gratified smile she had not taken many of her classmates into her confidence regarding the plan she had outlined to priscilla the first day of school and she was pleased with disinterested testimony that things were progressing satisfactorily at the same time she held rigidly to her opinion that on no account must peggy's time be broken in upon by the rehearsals necessary to a successful presentation of a class play the scene chosen by the committee for the testing of the candidates for the role of mrs hardcastle was the inimitable dialogue between the incorrigible tony and his mother where she comes to tell him of the loss of the jewels and he affects to believe that she is merely playing a part 
there could have been no more fortunate selection from peggy's standpoint for she practically knew the lines and gave them with a spirit which contrasted most favorably with the efforts of the half-dozen girls who had already essayed the part indeed when the scene was finished a spontaneous burst of applause from the listening seniors told where their preference had been given peggy went to her seat smiling she was extremely fond of amateur dramatics and had never failed to acquit herself with credit on any occasion where she had been given a chance she had a comfortable certainty that in she stoops to conquer she would add to her laurels owing to the number of candidates but three parts were tested that afternoon the committee sitting well to the front and out of earshot of the others of the class consulted in an undertone and finally reached a conclusion blanche ascended the platform to make the announcements the selection of the cast will be continued after school to-morrow the three chosen to-day are she held up a paper on which several names were written and seemed to have a little difficulty in making them out mr hardcastle eleanor hewitt mrs hardcastle marion o'neill tony lumpkin peggy did not hear who was cast for the part of tony her thoughts were for the moment occupied with the discovery that she herself had not been chosen close upon this came the realization that she must not show either wonder or disappointment for almost to her surprise she found her disappointment keen it meant a great deal of work to take part in the class play so much work that she had hesitated over presenting herself as a candidate but though she had no exaggerated estimate of her own abilities it had not occurred to her that if she entered the contest she was likely to be rejected the assembly was breaking up peggy discovered that she was the centre of considerable sympathetic attention the girls were looking at her and exchanging murmured comments from their expression it was easily seen that the decision of the committee had not been popular and this was undeniably a solace to peggy's wounded sensibilities even while she tried to smile and look as if nothing had happened she caught sight of victoria wells moving off by herself and her thrill of ardent sympathy surprised her poor victoria it was not a pleasant feeling this sense of being left out priscilla who walked home with peggy took her friend's defeat more philosophically than would have been expected from her usual attitude of ardent championship you see it takes a lot of time peggy of course you can play mrs hardcastle any amount better than marian o'neill but your class standings would suffer and that wouldn't pay i'm not so sure about that peggy replied rather crossly for her anyway the play's more fun and she heaved a tumultuous sigh in spite of its auspicious beginning there was no doubt that this was a blue monday End of chapter three